Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's episode eight of your favorite fucking podcast ever, the Philosopher's Stone podcast. Sam Laboon, how the frick are you? I'm fucking good, man. <laughs> I'm glad that you went with the full effort there. I don't know why I abandoned ship like that. <laughs> It's not like me. I, I just have this fantasy of one day being able to put something out my grandma can listen to, but. <laughs> oh, God. The joke, you just yet, give up. <laughs> I've yet to even come close to that. How are you, man? What's the latest? Are you excited for the presidential debates tonight? Oh, yeah. i am uh, got my Domino's coupons all lined up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't start to like nine for you guys on. Yeah. No, no. Wait, what? Nine. What time does it start for you? It starts at nine, I think. I mean, oh, that's the official time. They they're like they're always like thirty minutes late though for these things. Oh, so, so what, it would start around six for me, I think. Yeah, probably around six. Uh, like yeah. that's when the footage what? will start. I don't know if the debate will actually start until like seven. These probably. these motherfuckers aren't debated. How long are the debates for? They're usually yeah, like at least an hour, I think, if not uh, more, like maybe two hours. Well, I'm definitely gonna watch because this is. Uh, I've been listening to this podcast about. Uh, the second American Civil War. And whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The second American Civil War? When did that happen? Well, it's not it hasn't happened. It's uh, those predictions. But I will say I listened the first episode that I listened to, he recorded back in like March or something, and it was a hundred percent accurate everything that's happened in the last like whoa. few months. So like Damn. down to like really specific details, which was really eerie. I think he's from the anyway, future. What's that? You yeah, maybe he's, from, he's the from the future. Man, he's from the future. He's got to do something other than freaking start a podcast, man. <laughs> Anyways, I think these debates are going to be entertaining and also terrifying. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Joe Biden used to be a very good debater, but probably not anymore. Maybe this. Maybe he's been playing weak this whole time. I like give that's. That's sort of what I thought with Bernie. Like he was seemed like he was so crazy, and then he did the Bernie debate, and he was actually pretty coherent. Huh. So I think well, maybe you're right. Maybe he does play play dumb, or like play the old card. It'll be interesting to see the angles they both take. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of scary and entertaining, I actually I got back from a trip to Vancouver over the weekend. Ah, uh, beautiful Vancouver. Did five five stand-up shows which was i haven't done stand-up in months Woo. so that was awesome yeah nice it's great uh a random crack whore grabbed my ass in the street fuck. and laughed in my face oh yeah. fuck that hurts yeah. dude it was actually terrible she laughed at how scared i was, That's what it was. <laughs> like like when she saw the fear in my eyes she started laughing and then i was like wow i've just learned more about feminism in that one instance than i <laughs> Having the rest of my life combined. <laughs> yeah, that was the first. That was the first for me. Crack or grab my ass. I almost farted right on her hand. I was so scared. Oh man, that's hilarious. What? How? What do you yeah. want to bet she was? Uh, she was a he. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> At that point, it was hard to tell, but she looked like an old lady to me, like a like a crack whore. She might have been like thirty five, but she looked like fifty five. Man, the, the the absolute rampant drug use and homelessness on East Hastings is way worse than I remember. I got off my it's bus worse? on the wrong stop. I think so. Oh my god! I don't know. Maybe this is the first time I've actually walked through the thick of it. But I got off oh. my bus on the way to a show, like a few stops too early, and I was like, "Shit!" And it's like, 
It was bad. I saw many, many just open needling, open Jeez. needles and arms and oh people's God. like, yeah, lots of people without shoes and shit. It's like, God damn it. It's not it. Once you're in the middle of it, when you're in, right in the middle of it, you just look around. And you're like, oh, this is not this is not fixable. Mm. <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing yeah. you can do to fix this shit. That whole section of the city is just overrun. And they're moving up the hill into like the what used to be the nicer parts of the city. Now they're everywhere. Like it used to be just Ace Hastings, you'd see all that. But in this trip, like pretty much everywhere I went, there was it seemed to be just like thirty percent of the population was on crack, wandering around. <laughs> That's because the West heroin. Coast is like the promised land for homeless people. Like it's, I guess it's so. temperate in the winter, so they all like try to get there. Yeah, so in the I winter saw this woman. It was the most. Uh, I was waiting for my bus, and I saw this woman just going. So, like, it was at an intersection, like a really busy intersection. And I just saw her walk across all four walk stops over and over and over again, as like a frantic, <laughs> like frantically, <laughs> like as if she she thought she was late for somewhere, but she was just going around and around in circles. That's it was, it was weird. That's how I feel after I've done too many shrooms. Yeah, well, these weren't <laughs> mushrooms. Trust me. Yeah, but the shows were good. Well, hey, at least people were laughing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After that lady grabbed my ass, I really felt real shook. I was not ready to go on stage. Uh, did you tell? Did you talk about it? Oh yeah, that was the first thing I opened with. <laughs> nice. I mean, you can't that. beat that. Like that's fucking amazing. No, when stuff like that happens to you on the way to a comedy show, it's your duty to actually talk. That's about like it. a gift from God. The God of comedy that's gave true. you a gift. Like yeah. You can never write. You never write that. Like if you wrote yeah. it, no one would ever believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a first for me. Like I said, it was a strong grip too. At, at first, I was like, <laughs> like I was so surprised. I I almost like any other yeah, time someone grabbed my ass. <laughs> any other time, so I've like I, my ass has been grabbed that hard. It was usually I turn around and see someone I know. Right? It was like a joke. So I was like half <laughs> expecting to see like a friend or something. <laughs> No, I was just staring in the face of like this fucking haggard ass crack lady. <laughs> Terrifying. Oh my god. And you should have uh, charged her after... for that. <laughs> she walked like, away. Hey, what's your that's five she, bucks. You know that crack walk is a lot faster than walk. you can imagine. <laughs> the crack walk is about three times faster than the normal walking pace. Mm, it's fast. And then the the heroin walk is about three times slower. Yeah, it's more of a slouch. Yeah, 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 and then me and uh, Andrew Crone, another comedian, we after a show and we guest went to, uh, from our podcast, friend. Ah, yeah, friend he was our show. only one and only guest so far. <laughs> that episode's up, right? Oh yeah, Flat Earth or whatever that well, was. Me and him, we uh, we went to a uh, Vancouver comics place after a show and had some beers, and we started doing some mushrooms. And then on the walk back to our hotel, a guy threatened us with a taser. <laughs> oh my god. Well, here's the thing is he was obviously fucked up and he started saying shit to us. And I was like, just keep moving because we were tripping. Right. And then uh, he's like, oh, you guys must want to see my taser then. And I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't look back. But all I heard was that of like he might have been doing that with his mouth or he might have actually had a taser. I didn't even look over to see. I just kept walking. And then like not more than. 30 seconds later, we almost like literally walked right into a skunk. It was this. Oh, was, yeah. Like, skunks. Two feet away from it. Yeah. They're everywhere. Oh, apparently yeah. in that neighborhood. Skunks. They're like, they're all over the place. Skunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Damn. Well, pests. So that was my first comedy road trip in a while, in months and months. Mm. It was quite eventful, quite fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Vancouver. Do people call it Coover? No. No? Yeah, okay. One of my roommates was saying he called it Coover or something. Like people call it Coover. No, like, no way. No. If they're going to shorten <laughs> it, they're going to call it Van. Yeah, exactly. Coover? Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I've never heard that before in my life. Um, yeah. Speaking of pests, there I think there's like a huge centipede hiding in my room somewhere. So, no shit. That reminds me, dude. I had this dream while I was in Vancouver of a giant, like three foot long millipede running around my room. Uh, and fuck that and dream. Me, <laughs> me having to smash it with a broom and it would not die. And every time it got close around my feet, it would wrap up my calf and bite me oh my on God. my calf until I could like scrape it off. And I, I just remember the whole dream was me like, how is this thing surviving this beat down I'm giving it? And it was just running around my room. And then eventually I I crushed it by just ruthlessly beating it with a stick. And then a little secondary insect flew out of its head and was like flying around oh, my room fuck. when I woke up. That's yeah, not fair. Really That's typical insect. Yeah, it was like Can't a video game boss where like I beat one form and then there oh, was like another Oh, form. this is only phase one. Here comes phase two. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah terrifying yeah you gotta every bug has its weakness right like centipedes are very fast yeah so that's why i always this have a, a millipede bottle. though this is i just remember there being like a million legs on it yeah but a giant you ever see uh coyote pearson get it bit by that giant centipede fuck yeah i've seen those that. things are those things uh, are so vicious uh, they take down things. like lizards and shit man they're, they're <sighs> aliens there's some that eat bats in oh, caves, God. they hang from the ceiling Could and you like, imagine... grab bats. Oh. Could you imagine seeing a fucking centipede kill a bat? Oh. In front of you? It's like a, that is like something that you would imagine seeing in like Hades. Oh God, it's some Greek lore shit. Oh, it's terrible. It's like uh, yeah, it's definitely a punishment that but I guarantee was used against humans at some point with like death by centipedes. Like they just oh. drag you into the centipede cave and dumped you there. How many of those giant Ooh. ones do you think it would take to kill you? Oh, 100? like one bite put Coyote Peterson no. in the hospital. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, true, but that I think five good. of them I don't would think... definitely be able to kill you. Do you think it's they're that venomous, though? Yeah, I think five of those. Yeah, I think so. There is it venom or is it just a painful bite? I think it's, I think it's poison that becomes venom or something or however it goes. I don't know. I think it would take, well, depending on, you never know how poison, like lethal venom can be, uh, like per animal. Like some, some spiders can kill you in one bite, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'd those things I'd are at big. Take, at least take 10 giant centipedes. If they were determined to kill me and they were teaming together, oh man. That's that the thing with bugs, right? Like they don't know how to work together. If they could figure out how to work together, we'd be so fucked. It's not entirely true. Have you ever seen an ant? he'll take it down like a giant insect yeah but like all the ants in the world can't coordinate with the other bugs to like attack us all at once in one night and kill all of us oh dude we'd be fucked if they all organize in one night they could take over the whole planet (laughs) we better hope they don't get email (laughs) mass emails (laughs) fuck (laughs) the insect internet oh man if they organized (laughs) Okay, well here's a here's a I I know we wanted to do conundrum, oh, yeah, but here's okay. a uh here's a here's a 
question for you, okay. uh, just an opinion. Oh, shit. If, if it came down to it, do you think all the humans versus all other living things, who would win? But we have all the use of our technology. Oh, uh, the other living things. You think, Wait, okay, like, how much can insects? they coordinate with each other? They can't coordinate over long distances. They can only communicate if they're like within, you know, talking distance of each so other. So do they basically right? so all they have like our level of intelligence? Uh, yes. Really? Okay, they, they win easily. But they can't. They can't. They don't have any sort of technology. They don't have radio or, or fucking Morse Here's, code or man, any of that. This shit. whole pandemic, they just armed the mosquitoes with like Ebola and malaria and everything, and then they like fly in centipedes and stuff, <laughs> and they just just infect everybody and start a pandemic. But how would they organize that plan though? That they might be able to execute that in like one section mm. if they're talking to each yeah, other. Like true. I said, they don't have radio or anything. So like as far oh, as like okay. as, as intelligence as humans, they don't know anything about our technology. Oh, okay. So they wouldn't know that a phone's a phone or a TV's a TV. Right. They just they just have enough uh, intelligence to like organize as a group of like assailants. Okay, then I think the humans would win. Because communication is important. Yeah, I think that if we could get all the humans essentially into a, you know, airtight building and then just fucking release a poisonous gas upon the earth or something, I don't know. (laughs) The biggest advantage would be that we would be able to communicate to humans on the other side of the globe and shit and like organize as a whole unit instead of like they would just be have whatever their local factions were. Yeah, um, yeah, they would just like, and they can only travel at like the speed of a crow, right? As the crow flies, that would <laughs> probably be, they'd yeah. be their main means of communication. Crows. Well, yeah. Well, do you think that crows? I mean, how? What's the fastest flying fastest crow? Well, are crows the fastest? Because they would probably choose whatever can move the fastest through, like through the planet, yeah. right? Maybe an albatross. They're like they can cover huge distances without landing. That's true. But they need to like so be have on to the target ocean, the albatross. Yeah, and that's very unlucky. Killing albatrosses. <laughs> Is it Sorry, really? Very unlucky. <laughs> so now we're all superstitious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're getting assaulted by the entire animal. Think kingdom, of all the black cats they could send to walk. Across our path. Oh, uh, well, maybe in New Orleans that would be <laughs> effective. Vampire bats in the night coordinating stealth missions. Uh, it would not be pretty, man. House pet against Delano. Oh, oh, think of what Rascal would do. Oh, my God. Rascal would take all of us out in one night, silently going from room uh, to room. There was that one. I don't know if you remember. Rascal was a cat that we had. And do you remember that one night? He It was like the only night, the only time he truly turned on me. I don't know if you were there, but I was fucking terrified. Like, because I used to put an oven mitt on and wrestle and fuck with mm-hmm. him. And he'd always, like, he would go pretty hard, but he would never, he would never do anything offensively to me. He would always just defense, mm-hmm. right? He'd bite me really hard and scratch me and then run away. Fine, but there was that one one time I pissed him off, and when I he felt me get scared, he went on the offensive and attacked me, mm. and I was Whoa. man. Even though he was only like the size of a basketball, it was fucking <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, because they have the intent to kill and cause you as much damage as possible. 
Like, yeah, they just have no, no hesitation whatsoever to just inflict as much damage on you as they possibly can. <laughs> yeah. I feel like their levels of empathy can be completely uh, like eliminated on a whim. <laughs> yeah. So what are we talking about today? Oh, okay. Sam? Do you want to do your conundrum first? Yeah, we're going to start doing weekly conundrums. Oh, I forgot. I didn't get one. I didn't make one up. For you. <laughs> I was thinking about it in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Okay. Here's your conundrum. Would you switch sides to the animal kingdom if they asked oh, you to? Oh, shit. Uh, do I keep my human body or do I get to pick an animal body? You keep your Fuck. human body, but you live life subservient. Ah, no, terrible. <laughs> You'd rather die a free yeah. man. Getting gang raped by a bunch of, I don't know, alligators or something. Probably like silverback gorillas. Uh-huh. Luckily, I hear they have small dicks yeah, compared sure. to their size. So what's your conundrum for me? Uh, okay, so this conundrum. Is, uh, I didn't make this one up. This is a famous conundrum. Okay. It's by a guy named Robert Nozick. N-O-Z-I-C-K. Said, sorry. Canadian. Um, mm-hmm. It's from his book, Anarchy, State, and Utopia. 1974. Damn. Damn. Blast, Blast from the past. <laughs> Blast from the past conundrum. Yeah. Um. And so uh, this is uh, the conundrum is called the experience machine. All right. Okay. And so Nozick, you can think of this. He's like trying to answer the idea from hedonism that the most important moral thing is like your, that your experience is happy and not sad or painful. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is, but. Anyway, we can make, we can you can decide for yourself. But anyway, this is uh, I'm just gonna read it because it's really good. Okay. All right. What matters other than how people's experiences feel from the inside? Suppose there were an experience machine that would give you any experience that you desired. Super duper neuropsychologists could stimulate your brain so that you would think and feel you were writing a great novel, or making a friend, or reading an interesting book. All the time, you would be floating in a tank with electrodes attached to your brain. Mm-hmm. Should you plug into this machine for life, programming, pre-programming your life's experiences? If you are worried about missing out on desirable experiences, we can suppose that business enterprises have researched thoroughly the lives of many others. You can pick and choose from their large library or smorgasbord of such experiences blah 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 you you can have any experience you want uh-huh well Should while you're that? in the tank you won't know you're in there you'll think it's actually happening uh-huh uh i'm gonna go ahead and say uh, hook me Where'd up you plug in hook probably yeah yeah you'll plug in you can never yeah. get it back out <laughs> once you're in as long as the experiences keep coming Oh, they'll keep coming. They can endlessly keep making them for you. Sure, why not? What's the reason not to do that? You um. Well, I think no. Yeah, that's the question Nozick is asking. Would you doesn't keep? I'm going to continue the quote. Would you plug in? What else can matter to us other than how our lives feel from the inside? So that's the question. What What else could possibly matter other than how just how your life feels from the inside? 
The only thing that would make me hesitate is my current relationships would effectively have to end. So, like, I would never see my family again. I'd never see my girlfriend again, none of my friends again. They could make me think I am, but I'm not. And to know that going into it, that they would never, like, they would suffer from me going in there for a bit anyways. But other than that, like, sounds pretty fucking dope to me. (laughs) Okay. Does it matter to you that, like, say you programmed it so that you would be the most successful comedian of all time? You'd be the goat comedian ever. Like, you'd have this undisputed experience. Would it matter that you didn't actually achieve that? Or do you just want to have that experience, even though you're not actually achieving it? See, that's a good point because would it automatically, uh, like, program in the, the like the grind and the struggle to get to that yeah, point it could make it seem like extremely realistic like the ultimate cinderella story i guess as long as i never found out it was fake i who would be the one like why would i care <laughs> you would only care at the moment that you got into it when like um and you have to decide like i know i won't actually achieve this but i'm gonna take yeah. this shortcut so i can experience it if all that matters I mean, to you is how it feels on the inside, you know, then you it, would, it. it would only matter if I got unplugged again, eventually. Mm. Then it would be pretty devastating. Because uh, yeah. you realize you didn't earn any of those good feelings at yeah. all. And the, I, But as long as I said, don't you fucking dare unplug <laughs> me once I'm in there. Do not <laughs> unplug me. I never want to know. I'm like the guy from the Matrix that wants to go back in. Oh, Cypher. Yeah. yeah. The steak guy. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, sure. It's cool for the people that get to like, you know, be unplugged, then go back in the Matrix and have powers and shit. Right. Uh-huh. But for all the people that are unplugged and now they're just living in shitty Zion. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've never even seen the sequels. I don't know. I don't even know. Well, I think that a bunch of people get unplugged and they don't get to go into the Matrix and be cool. They just live underground near the Earth's core and they're just kind of like living like essentially refugees. Oh, so they all hate they, it. Before, they might have been having a jolly old time in the Matrix. Yeah, if they just become informants for Agent Smith, they'd be like eating steak in a five-star restaurant. Yeah. Remember when Cypher's like, I want to be rich when I come back. Yeah. <laughs> Someone of like notoriety. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever you want. (laughs) Would you rather be shivering in Zion or would you rather be, you know, DJ Khaled in the Matrix? (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I want to be DJ Khaled. Well, when you put it like that, I'll do anything. DJ Khaled. Yeah. Uh yeah, well, I think that when if it came down to it, that that would I would plug in if I was un un. There was no way I would get unplugged. Okay. So. Because the saddest thing would be realizing that it would none of it was real. That would, that would crush you. Yeah. So, according to Nodzik, if you go into it, that means you think that all that matters is how it feels on the inside. Is that the case? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's be realistic. I probably wouldn't. I mean, it sounds great. It does sound great, but 
you're depriving yourself of like meaningful actual relationships. But how do we even know that the ones we have, like, it's just like, it's okay if you go in. So there's nothing wrong with being a hedonist. It's just that's what you'd be if you go in. Well, now you're making me feel like peace. Why? <laughs> hedonism is good. We, we we've come to the conclusion that hedonism is like a smart way to live. As long as you like, yeah, we keep do coming back to that, which is terrifying. That's true. It just as long as like you could program in fulfilling experiences, you know, like maybe you feel like you're the experience of like maybe I program it and I, I want to be the man who cleans up East Hastings. <laughs> now, mind you, I don't want that to take up a whole. Not lot actually right clean it up, like <laughs> finance, finance, organize it. Yeah, finance. I want to be <laughs> the yeah. hero. Not yeah, the I don't want to step guy. foot in yeah. that filthy district. Yeah, I don't want to be near the place until I feel comfortable walking around in open toed <laughs> shoes. Okay. But I want the praise and adoration. Can you program that please? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, also like in this experience machine, could you program experiences that are like almost impossible to have in reality? Like, could I get the experience of like going to Mars? Mm, yeah. Like the idea is that you can experience, you can program it to do, like anything like for whatever fantasy you can imagine you can make that machine sounds pretty awesome i mean now you're talking about you can experience shit that you would never get to experience yep, in real life could. even if it, like even if you worked as hard as you could like like the experience of flying without any help from a machine yeah like you could be like the balrog in lord of the rings or something and like fly around <laughs> you know what this question reminds me of now that we've gotten to this point, is that movie, um, the, it's called, not the Constitution, it's <laughs> called the, you know what, you told me Oh, about the Futurological Congress? The Congress. The Congress, that's yeah. the one, where they take that drug and they can be whatever they yeah. want to be in their heads, but in real life, they're all just walking around like eating yeah, zombies. Exactly. Yeah, that movie is trippy as fuck. Yeah, that that one that gets like because they're all sh- in a shared hallucination, things just become so not like you can pr- you can do what you you can be what you want to be, but the world around you is just going crazy with everybody else's fantasies too. That it just became like I mean, in some points of that movie, it's so psychedelic you can barely tell what's happening. Yeah, it's like the the closest movie to being on a psychedelic. Like acid. That's what I felt watching it. It's like this yeah. is like very acid. Like yeah. And the point of that whole, I mean, the whole message in that movie is she's trying to find her son from reality, who decided to go in and take the drug, and now no one can tell who's who because everybody looks the way they want to look, and not how they actually right. look. Oh yeah, isn't he like a like like an older guy? I can't I I can't remember. I don't think they ever find the sun. Is that what, Maybe not. how it ends? It's like so trippy. Your brain like movie. short circuits before it's over. Yeah. I watched it like regular, like fairly recently. And uh, it's a good movie. Definitely a good movie. Definitely holds up. Nice. Yeah. But I think she, does she, I'm trying to remember how it ends. If she ends up finding She the like sun. snaps she, out of the drug. She goes back. Yeah. She snaps out of it or takes the yeah. antidote. And now she finds herself like wandering the streets of a city and everybody looks like they're homeless. And then she goes and finds 
someone she knew. She goes before. up to the blimp. Anyways, and I don't a doctor think there. I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think she ever does find her son because he's gone into the psychedelic world. Anyways, that's what this this experience box might end up becoming is like you just <laughs> I don't know. you're just like a zombie wandering around. Yeah. Well, except for you're not. You're in a box, yeah. but yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. It, we always we seem to come back to this topic a lot on this podcast of like if virtual reality gets to the point where it's indistinguishable from reality, is it worth diving into head mm-hmm. first? And saying fuck, fuck reality. Yeah, well, that's like that's like his main point with this is that if if you don't like if you have a like a desire if you think if like when you hear the conundrum if you think oh no I don't want to go in then it means that uh, yeah he thinks it means that there's things that matter to you other than your own subjective experience and that includes mm. for example like actually doing it rather than just experiencing doing it but what's the difference if you can't tell yeah like why why would you want to actually do it rather than just experience it yeah like why why what's the value of it if you can't tell the difference um i think it's because uh if you're like weighing like the the value of the two experiences or the two options, like which one has like value to you. Here's a question. Here's like another way I could phrase it, I guess. Say my experience that I wanted, let's just go with the, like the becoming like a really well-known stand-up comedian, right? You could either just program that to happen or actually put in the work to make it happen obviously would be fed like you'd be if someone came the thing that's the whole unplugging thing if someone unplugged you and said oh wasn't that great and you're like yeah it was great but it wasn't real so fuck you know i think that the, that's the only thing is if you ever found out that it wasn't real then you would be devastated that's definitely true i definitely agree with that but i think uh yeah so he he thinks that because you want to do some experiences before you've experienced them, then there must be some reason to have the experience besides actually experiencing it. Maybe it's to like, so Mm. that you can know, like, know, like that you accomplished something like you actually did it. Yeah. Like there's a difference between actually doing it and just experiencing doing it. And the difference is like, see, does, I don't think he must not have taken into consideration like, are you sure that you're not realizing you're in this box? The oh whole yeah, time? yeah, definitely not. You definitely don't know you're in the box after you go in. Okay, it's indistinguishable from real life. See, that's when this conundrum becomes more of like, ugh, I would almost rather go in the experience box because chances are you won't be able to have the, all the experiences you want to in real life. Maybe that's another reason for not plugging in. Is that like? If not, if you don't plug in, there's the uncertainty. You don't know for sure if you'll succeed, and that can be a a thrill and an excitement in its Exciting. own way. Exciting, yeah, yeah. But they could just but program that yeah, into the. the, reason, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where we always end up with this: is that is if you can't determine the difference, then what is the difference? 
Okay. His second, his sec. All right. So, okay. So that's what, that was one thing you like, you want to have the actually do it. He's got two more reasons that we could try. Second one. You want to be a certain sort of person rather than just experience like being a certain sort of person. Someone floating in a tank is an indeterminate blob. There's no answer to the question Mm. of what a person is like who has been long in the tank. Is he courageous, kind, intelligent, witty, loving? It's not merely that it's difficult to tell. There's no way he is. Plugging into the machine is a kind of suicide. True. End quote. (laughs) Um, It is. You're essentially, here's the thing is you are essentially cutting off every single other person on the planet. Unless like that movie where it's a shared experience box, you would, if you made the choice to go into it, you are essentially deciding that you don't need any other people in your life. You just need the illusion of other people in your life. Mm. The yeah. It's like waking up from a dream where you felt you knew someone and then you wake up and realize they weren't there and there's like that sense of sadness and loss even though they never existed. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Or like something happens like you wish that it, you wake up and you realize that it didn't actually happen. Oh, it's can be devastating. Yeah. <laughs> it can be but it can also be the other way around you have a dream that something horrible happened and then when it didn't you wake up and realize it didn't you have an immense sense of relief mm-hmm. yeah but I think what he's asking is the choice I don't know the, the choice to consciously be like yeah fuck everyone I know fuck the world I'm going into this box and see it never that takes like you kind of do have to be a bit of like a selfish piece of shit to do that <laughs> yeah you do that's a good point. You do. You have to have like, that's like, it's been uh, compared to like uh, really bad drug abuse, drug addiction. Like the machine is like, yeah, but that's like, that's a yeah, separate. That's reason. dude. But I mean, it's like an escape. It's like the ultimate that, escape, like, basically. Yeah. It's like heroin. It's like these people on, on Southeast, on, I mean, on East Hastings, they, they're in there when they're high, they're feeling like they're in the experience box. Problem with them is they keep waking up. <laughs> yeah, they're like exactly. That Congress and they're just wandering around <laughs> looking for their fucking songs Fuck. or friends. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Zach used to live near there and had to commute along there. Our friend, Zach. Zach, we need to have him on this podcast. That would be good times. He said, yeah. just like the back patio of oh, old. Oh, yeah. The back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rough, man. I, I don't know if it's gotten worse, but this definitely seems to have gotten more spread out. What is that? Uh, in Vancouver. Oh. <laughs> yeah, everything is spread out. Well, I mean, all the all the East Hastings people have spread further. They're uh, not just East Hastings now; they're all over the fucking place. It's all over. Yeah. Mm. Well, what would you do? Would you get in the box? Get in the box. Uh, <laughs> um. No, I don't think so. Because, like, yeah, like you said, you can't get out. It's gonna be over. Um, it is like a suicide in that way because the the only thing that would be worse that like you it would be devastating to wake up from the box yeah 
and realizing all those experiences never happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. For whatever reason, believing that they're actually happening is very important to us, even though you could be 100% every stimulus, everything that you that requires that experience to feel real. If you know that you're in the box, it loses all substance to you for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're just, it's just like, like if, it's nothing that you did. It says nothing about you. Like, yeah, you can't take credit for any of those good feelings yeah. you had. Yeah, yeah. You're not really responsible for anything that happens, actually. Like, it's not yeah. really in your control. So you essentially just strapped yourself into a, a like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. And then everything you felt good about doing during that. And then when you wake up, you realize none of it was actually your own your own by your own making that would be devastating see that's the thing is you if i here's the here's the conditions i would go into the box <laughs> condition one i was guaranteed to never wake up from it Ooh. so you don't get okay tell me your next condition the next condition would be rather more of a situational uh condition that i would happen to find myself in and that would be i would be an extremely lonely person as i was <laughs> in the real world right? yeah okay this is more and more I like the classic it. person who succumbs to drug addiction. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this experience machine is a lot like heroin. I think. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't have anything to lose, then why the fuck? Yeah, it's usually people whose life is really shitty and painful. Yeah, it's true. So, but even then, like you can always get your life can always improve. There's always hope for improvement. So, like, to, to decide to go in the box is essentially deciding that there is at no point in your future will you will you will become happy. Yeah. Become happy. That's the goal. Because if heroin is as good as it as it as everybody says it is, or as it's the mythological how good it is, like injecting straight black tar heroin must feel amazing to be able to choose that over being a normal human. So that would be, I, I'd imagine that any sort of experiences you have, you can have in real life or in the box, even flying without a machine probably wouldn't feel as good as like the best heroin, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Possible. Apparently. Yeah. Like crystal meth apparently feels really good too. But. Like I said, like if, if feeling good is just a chemical reaction in the brain, then heroin is just pressing that button without it's cutting yeah. out the middleman. It's just going straight to it. Whereas other people have to get the good, the good feeling by like, you know, conquering fears or achieving goals and stuff, forming relationships that last. You can just circumnavigate all of that by pressing, by just doing heroin. And then, then, but then, you know, your life essentially is forfeit if you choose that path. <laughs> yeah. That's like the, the box is a very good analogy to, I think to like drug addiction that you, this, you're, you're right. Yeah. So, okay. So what are, so your conditions are number one, as long as you never wake up number two, what yeah. was number two? I essentially would have to be in a state in my life where I didn't oh, yeah, have yeah. Okay. any meaningful relationships. Yeah. And I had no hope that I would ever form any meaningful relationship. Okay. And condition number three. Condition number three? Or is that all your conditions? 
Well, I guess my condition number three would be that someone was there to keep ensuring that I was having positive experiences. <laughs> I wouldn't want someone to get a hold of the controls and now I'm stuck in hell, Nightmare right? time. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> just an entire, my entire life is just me in a room trying to get this millipede off my oh, life. Oh, fuck. That's the word. I can't believe you have dreams like that. Like, oh, my God. That's horrific. I haven't oh, had a dude. nightmare in so long. <laughs> the thing is, uh, my dreams never are really like they're all they're never all straight nightmarish. It's like it's like a mushroom trip. Like you'll have diff- I have difficult portions of my Perfect. dreams that sometimes they can be they almost are universally have some sort of apocalyptic nature to them. Wow. And I'm living in a with a, I'm always a, with a big group of people living in a weird structure. And there's been some sort of. <laughs> Something that changed the way society runs because it's always so odd and we're all living together in like a commune. And there's <laughs> lots of times there's like fantastical elements to wow. it. Sounds like you need to write this I into a, a series. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, remember that dream I had that you wrote that short story of where we were, I was living on a building? Oh, the, remember the you wrote termite that short thing? St- the shrews? The shrews? The shrews? Fuck. Yeah. You remember that? Uh, I remember writing one about like a raft or something. Well, in my dream, I was living in uh like a built like a we were it was essentially an entire city floating down a yeah, river. Yeah, right, right, right. And so yeah. like we were in big buildings that were just giant rafts floating down this huge river, and there were other big buildings all around too. I remember it's like kind of like that, but like kind of, I remember there being like termites involved and stuff. Maybe I'm thinking of something. There's definitely. Um, maybe I don't remember. I I do need to start. Re- the one it's that gone. Really like it's on an old laptop. On. Like it's gone. Like I'll never, I'll never be able to find yeah. it. Yeah, I just remember you telling you that dream. And you wrote that short story about it. But I've had like the more fantastical ones stick. Seem to stick with me. I had one probably within the last year where suddenly a bunch of what looked like. The closest thing I could say what they looked like were Pokemon, <laughs> but they were like monsters, but they were all completely frozen still. Like none of them moved, Whoa. but they had appeared overnight. And some of them were literally just floating in air, like in the middle of the sky. And none of them had moved and none of them. And everybody was freaking <laughs> out, like wondering where they came from or if yeah, that's like the first episode all... of an anime right there. Like <laughs> All the kaiju yeah. just like appear overnight frozen. Everyone's wondering. Oh, I'm sure that the amount of anime I've consumed <laughs> over the years has influenced my dream world for sure. For sure. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Most because of my like nightmares is... are like anarchy suddenly, like people behaving like animals and just attacking each other for no reason. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that I have a whole lot of human on human violence in my dreams that I can remember, anyways. Yeah, that's usually. My dreams are human on human. I have dreams where I will be launched through the air, like <laughs> so far through the air via explosion or some other thing. <laughs> I had one recently where our plane I was in, I was like sitting in coach and a plane I was in was getting ready to take off. And like, as we were taking off, it hit like a barrier and I flew from the back in coach across the whole plane out through the <laughs> cockpit window over a lake and like landed on my feet in like knee deep water Damn. and was completely okay. Man, I think you have a, uh, I think you have a subconscious fantasy to be shot out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be pretty cool. Or like a catapult. Yeah. Maybe base jumping is my true Base calling. jumping. Man, well, we did skydiving, and that was one of the most incredible thrills I've yeah. ever experienced. Yeah, I definitely need to do that again. Yeah, it's dangerous. I remember after being like, because like you have to do like so many jumps just to be able to go by your own yourself, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm never going to do it by myself. I wanted to go scuba dive. The ultimate, the ultimate thing is those wing wingsuit guys. Oh, that's the most insane. That, that's like, what is it, what, one in 20 die or skimming something? Skimming down the... Oh, man. They have the shortest lifespans. There was this one kid that was going like... I There's some videos of it on, on YouTube, obviously. But, you know, when they go like right close down the mountainside yeah. and they're like weaving in between trees yeah. and shit. I saw this little YouTube documentary about this one kid who was like the greatest ever at it. And of course he had only like, he only lasted about like, I think four years from beginning to end of his career. Man. It's just, you don't, you don't live long. If the, if literally you're working with like microseconds of mistakes of like, you know, there's no, there's no room for error. There's (laughs) no room for error when you're doing that shit. It's like, it's insane. It's like, yeah, like how 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 long did he last in the sport? Four years? Like, that's way more dangerous Something like than that. Like, like a heroin would, but, habit. I, like, you'll make it past yeah, four well, years yeah, with heroin. That's true. Adrenaline. I'm sure the that most dangerous drug of all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't imagine the feeling of surviving a run every time you actually like touch down safely after <laughs> going through. It must like be that. like oh, the biggest ru- biggest rush on the planet. Dude, you probably don't sleep for weeks. Oh my god, way yeah. It's like it's probably like bigger than performing in front of a million people. Oh, dude, I bet you it's way cooler than that. Yeah. What do you think is the best rush possible that's not drug related? That is purely, uh, you can. It's just experience. The experience alone drops so much dopamine and adrenaline in you that it's like the best rush Man. you can have. What do you think? That's got to be one of the top ones. Watching some soccer players score goals and the celebrations that they do like that seems like it's got to be one of the top oh, things yeah. that's true <laughs> they go that berserk pretty sweet <laughs> yeah um, yeah i don't know, like, like winning sports knockout oh yeah it. yeah like like adesanya like the amount like he like when he wins like you can tell he's like on on a, i want to be on oh, yeah, he's, he's on. like he's he's, up. <laughs> yeah back when they had like huge stadiums full of people and then scoring like a perfect knockout after a huge build up to the fight, like all the anticipation comes to one moment of fruition and you win. That must be pretty insane too. But also being like a fucking, uh, cause those are only like, see the thing about the wingsuit thing is it's such a short duration, like a flight, a wingsuit flight last minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. And a fight lasts 25 at max. Yeah. And and if it's going that long, then it's probably not going to be like a huge significant finish that gives you that big rush, right? right? But if you're talking like becoming like a some sort of musician that reaches to the point where you're playing in front of a million, like a huge, huge sold out stadium for sustained over like a course of a couple hours, you get that rush. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like steady. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Imagine point. being like Eminem at Eminem when he was like twenty seven, 
at his peak in front of like, and just everybody is just like literally saying everything back to you. Oh, that must be crazy. What that does, you can't, there's no defense against that to make your ego like just go crazy. No. Especially at a young age. Like there's no way you can defend, you can, I don't care how zen you are, that's going to affect your ego majorly. Yeah. Okay. What about power? Like real power? Like say like being Trump, like being the president of the United States, like having that level of power. And and secret knowledge, like you can learn any secret that the that the U.S. government has. You can learn any secret. I think I'd rather have. See, he has power, but he has so many people that are you know against ah, him. And stuff, the sword so. of Damocles. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing: yeah. if we're talking power, like I'm talking like Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan level power, where you are just literally a god to people. Mm-hmm. Or like Alexander the Great level power. Right. That's now that's something. Well, they think they say he may have been poisoned by his generals, Alexander the Great. Alexander the yeah. Great or Genghis? Alexander the Great. Maybe Genghis too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, eventually with that level of power, they're gonna come and get you. But during that peak, that sustained like Genghis Khan, from like his first like being cast out onto the steps with just his his like brothers and his mom. And then that ascent to being like the ultimate emperor of the world. Yeah. The world. That's got to be like, yeah. I don't know. Which one would give you the most rush? The Probably the peak rush. I think it's more like the shorter experiences give you like a sharper dose, you know, where like smoking DMT as opposed to like taking ayahuasca, which was like a less intense, drawn out experience. But still big impact yeah yeah well that's that's tough i I, uh i don't think i'd want to be genghis Khan or jengis or chungus or whatever his name is but i think they're i think it's jengis according to to jengis khan's like the title yeah khan is the title he's like khan genghis the thing is about those is that you get all this power and prestige, but you also have like knives at your back, which would be annoying. Yeah. But I said, that's a good trade off. I mean, if you're going for the wingsuit rush, you literally have <laughs> any solid surface around you that will kill you. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's like being Caesar and like ultra fast motion, like just yeah. like dodging <laughs> knives. Like, you want the experience of Caesar's entire <laughs> emperor in his in entire life in two minutes. Yeah, his entire <laughs> life compact into one wingsuit flight. That's that's the that's the level of power. I mean, you don't get power from wingsuiting, no. but you get a rush. You get a rush, yeah. The thing about like being like a famous musician is that they all seem to get numb to the experience after a while of like yeah. performing to million like so many people in a they year. They tire right? of it. Yeah, yeah, or they turn to drugs because they need the like. What is true fulfillment? Is what our next question? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they tire of it because uh, they feel like they're trapped in it and they can't do anything else. And well, it's like tolerance. Yeah, maybe. maybe it's like tolerance. Like, like it's like yeah. a drug, and eventually, like you've hit that receptor in your brain so many times, it's just all worn out, and nothing can stimulate it anymore. That's true. I was listening to because I still get a rush from like crushing uh, comedy, oh, yeah. and yeah. 
but the rush is definitely diminished. It, like I, that, you always want that the bigger crowd after you like say you like do really well at a, like a small club a bunch. Like first time you crush, it's gonna feel great, and it's always gonna feel good, but it's never gonna feel as amazing as it was at the beginning until you get to these bigger audiences and bigger audiences. And then you need, I was listening to Bill Burr talk about this where like now he only gets a rush if it's new material that's working really well. Oh yeah. That's, that's how I was like for a long time. I'm mainly still in like that. Yeah. I feel the same way. I still love it when my material works, but there's nothing better than when a new joke is cracking hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Definitely. It's definitely the best yeah. rush is crushing with something new the first time you say it. But it's always yeah. so hard, oh, yeah. especially <laughs> if it's the first. Like it doesn't usually happen. Like like usually a joke doesn't. It takes a little bit, a few times to like warm up and get it to the place where it yeah. crushes. But every once in a while, you can write something that works. Like you, it's just so like the concept's just already tight and it crushes mm-hmm. immediately yeah. that is those are great then it's like that's, that's what you're always yeah. going for yeah except nothing less <laughs> but it's hard it's really hard to write yeah. those jokes <laughs> you have no control and even when they you just do, come to you yeah yeah those are the ones that are like come pre-written into your frontal cortex <laughs> from the different dimension yeah i know it's so weird but i don't understand those, it it just sometimes ideas yeah. just appear like packaged up but even those jokes i mean once they get old the 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 yeah the rush wears, wears yeah, off. Yeah, eventually you can't you tell them anymore. Try. People don't laugh when you tell them something yeah. changed. It's so hard to pin down. That's true. Like they don't hit as hard, and it, I don't know. If it's, it's hard to pin because down because they can. T- they because you suddenly don't find it as funny. Yeah, so they don't. I think they could sense the authenticity of the moment, and they can tell you're just saying something you've said a million times. Yeah, I think that's why I once heard Louis C.K. compared compared jokes to. Uh, like a fruit, <laughs> like, like it, it'll grow, it'll at what there's a point where it's the most ripe and then it'll start to wither over time mm. and then it'll just rot. Indeed. <laughs> and then ripen again. Sometimes it can, if you leave it alone for a long time. Yeah. Yes, indeed. If you leave it alone and let it chill. Yeah. If you have the self-control to leave it alone. Yeah. Um, well, that was a good talk. I don't know what we learned, but I do know that heroin is bad. <laughs> we learned that sometimes there are things that matter besides just our lives feel on the inside. Yeah. It, it, I think that because we, me and you could both decide to just do heroin all the time, yeah. but we don't. Yeah. Even though the feeling of being on heroin would be probably better than our day to day. Yeah, lives. like you could take a cop out and just like earn a bunch of money and then go to Vegas and just like leaving Las Vegas, like just go there and just like just torture yourself on drugs and hookers until you run out of money and then kill yourself. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could just take out Never a huge loan from the bank. <laughs> All right, huge loan of the bank, drop it all on heroin, and literally all you do is be high on yeah, heroin. Yeah, just order McDonald's and, and Uber Eats. And... Yeah, and and like, but just have like a, a huge amount of heroin so that you didn't ever have to work for it or suck dick for it or anything. Ooh, yeah. And you, all you did was just be on heroin, but we don't, we choose not no. to do that. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Even though it probably would feel amazing. We know it would feel really good, but it matters that we... 
be a certain kind of person that matters to us as well yeah like be someone that you could say like oh they are like like they're very like they're a good person they do a lot of good things they help people they aid their community like no one can say that about you if you're in a stupor 24 7 yeah like even if you were so high you barely even realized that you were you you, you didn't even know who you were anymore mm-hmm. No, yeah. See, when you put it in that context, at the beginning of this podcast, I was like pretty ready to jump into that experience <laughs> box, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah, like if you jump in, you're totally abandoning everyone around you, and their lives matter too, and it matters what kind of person you are. So, yeah. I would only get in the experience there you go. See if I could get out of it whenever I wanted to. Yeah, but I would, I would want to know that I'm in it while I'm in it. In that case, yeah, yeah, I would want to keep the note. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want there to be like yeah, a timer so set. Those are my now my new conditions revised <laughs> as I want to be either the opposite of my original. Take two. <laughs> That's what we've come to on this podcast is I've learned that my first conditions for getting in the box are the opposite of what I actually want them to be. Hey, it's good. It's, it's I flexible, be able, flexible thinking. It's good. I want to be able to get out and I want to know I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Now, that being said, I might still become addicted to it, but whatever. At least then I'm aware of what's happening. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wouldn't want to... I want to know what's happening. Can I tease the next episode? Yeah, All right. This is the last line from the quote from Robert Donzik. So he's asking, like, what's the point of what? Blah, 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 blah. And so, uh, what is it? What's wait wait wait? What's the point of what? Oh, sorry. Um, so he wants to know. He thinks this whole experience thing question relates to animals as well. Ah. So he says, "I can't figure out. I can't remember what the answer is here." But so the question is, what matters to us besides how it feels on the inside? And so he says, until one finds a satisfactory answer and determines that this answer does not also apply to animals, one cannot reasonably claim that only the felt experience of animals limit what we may do to them. Hmm. And so he's, it seems to me like he's trying to show that his theory can also explain how we might have moral obligations towards animals. Interesting. So that's what we should cover. Well, join us next week. (laughs) Next week when we both become vegan, apparently. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, Anyway, I'm going to order a pizza. But don't forget that one day, the animal kingdom will turn on civilization and it will be an all out in a coordinated attack led by a warlock yeah. or something. I, for one, am going to target the millipedes and make sure that they never do to me what I thought they were doing to me in my dream. Just get a sword and dip it in bleach and just, just <laughs> hack them to pieces. That's what I should have done in my dream. <laughs> I didn't have any bleach on hand. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>